You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and happy Tuesday, boys and girls. It is I, Alfred Kanawa, alongside Issa, NYC Demon Diva, here on the Tuesday night NXT podcast for Wrestling Inc. Issa, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, Alfred? I'm doing very well. Uh, Glenn is on assignment right now. Uh, he's in parts unknown, so shout out to Glenn. He's helping. He's helping Tony D'Angelo get ready for his big match next week. Oh yeah, top secret. He's gonna he's gonna get our yeah. boy to the promised land. We'll talk about <laughs> big Tony D. We saw the goat tonight, and that we was did. great. Not so great, Issa, were the raw ratings. In fact, they were the worst ever on Sci-Fi because of the Olympics. They got bumped to Sci-Fi's much smaller network. They did 1.387 million. That is the lowest viewership in show history. Uh, I know we could throw these out, but uh, anything that stood out to you for Raw last night, Issa? Uh, I thought the Lita and Becky Lynch segment was good. I really liked how Lita looked on that segment. I loved the opening segment between Alpha Academy and RK Bro yeah. and the Quiz Bowl. That was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to build that narrative. I personally thought the ratings were a lot better than what I thought they were going to be, given the fact that they were in sci-fi, and they didn't do a very good job at advertising that they were on sci-fi. I didn't even realize it until yesterday when I was getting ready to preview Monday Night Raw. So, I mean, for given the factors and what they have working against them, I personally thought these ratings weren't so bad. And the show was watchable, I will say. Yeah, and I really did love that opening segment too. But my problem with the show was I felt like it peaked after that. I felt like that was the best thing on the show and it just progressively got worse. Uh, But yeah, this was to be expected in terms of this number. And now I'm just curious as to what NXT is going to do because they were on sci-fi tonight too. And, you know, even routinely they'll get five to 600,000. So this could get ugly for NXT 2.0. Which is, I don't know, ridiculous, I will say, because I actually thought tonight's NXT was probably the most fun i've had watching it in the last few yeah. weeks oh, it's good to hear yeah i i actually liked a couple of things on this show we'll be sure to yeah. get into that before we get into that let's talk about tony khan back on twitter continuing to tease a huge and this is his words huge aew signing that sets up friday's rampage of course tony khan announced that somebody will be walking through the forbidden door and signing with aew tomorrow night is going to be the mystery opponent for isaiah cassidy isa who is this person? Before I, I give any other information, uh, Jeff Hardy has been a big name in terms of a rumor, and uh, that has been shot down because of his contract. But Matt Hardy has ever been the carnage, shut down, Alfred. Has ever the carnage. It has not because Matt Hardy has stepped up and said that who knows, maybe Tony Khan bought out Jeff Hardy's contract just to keep hope alive for that. So who are we going to see tomorrow, Issa? I would assume it's got to be somebody like a Jeff Hardy or maybe somebody from New Japan, Mustafa Ali. I personally take this forbidden door term very seriously. And in order for it to be considered forbidden door, it needs to be somebody that is contracted to a different company. If you bring in a free agent, that does not, you're knocking on the wrong door, buddy. You need, you, you need to knock on the regular door, not the forbidden door. So whether it's Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, Karrion Cross, I think those will be excellent additions, but that is not the forbidden door, my friends. Yeah, that, that is very interesting, the language, because they are kind of expanding it. When it was first rolled out, the idea was we're going to get people who are active with other promotions, kind of like uh, working with other promotions. But now it's just essentially free agency. Eventually, they're going to re-sign somebody to AEW, and that's going to be considered the Forbidden Door. So I think we Yeah, I think to... Forbidden Door is like Mickey James showing up at the Royal Rumble. That is the Forbidden Door, because she yes. is currently the knockout champion, even though we're not allowed to say that. But, <laughs> you know, she is the knockout champion. Also, it's not a live stream of mine if my dog doesn't bark. Apologies. Yes, Roman is just shouting out the chat, saying how much he loves you guys. So, uh, oh, Roman loves the chat. Sure. <laughs> We've got a super chat before you start NXT from Maya Lee for four ninety nine. Thank you for that. NXT is lit. Nikita, a badass. The Creed brothers are legit. 
And Tiffany is that girl, and Trick and Mello are starring Grayson, bodyguard, looks like Braun. Yeah, a dead <laughs> ringer for Braun Strowman. We'll get into that. This is a very interesting. They look like that Braun was an actually a super shot. She, she yeah, basically recap NXT for us, so we might as well just get yeah. out of here. I was perfect. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Five minutes into the podcast, you've We're heard done. it all from my We're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, a lot of people putting over in that super chat, so that's good to see. Let's get into NXT. We uh, go from um, the CWC or Full Sail, whatever they're calling it right now. Uh, we opened with a Mandy Rose and Kaylee Ray back and forth, it's kind of pre-taped uh, between the two women. Mandy Rose talking up her body, Kaylee Ray talking about how she's the longest reigning champion, and they're going to main event. What did you think about this opening video package, Issa? I mean, I thought it was great. They they did a good job telling the story last week. I mean, they it went a little overboard with the spaghetti and all that. It wasn't necessary. But it's a main event. It's a title match on a Tuesday. Now, you might as well hype it up. And I thought they did a good job. Yeah, they did a fairly good job, just especially because it's a main event and kind of getting you ready for it. And they did things throughout the show to promote the main event. So we'll see how that worked. Uh, the first match was the Creed Brothers versus the Grizzled Young Vets. So fans are really behind the Creed Brothers. Uh, I really love the thing that they're starting to do where it's like alternating knees, where it's almost like a soccer ball. It's really great. Here's the thing with Grizzled Young Vets. I usually couldn't care less about the Grizzled Young Vets because they've got this kind of old school style. Where they're almost like FTR, no flips or anything like that. So they're usually like the bruisers. But because they're up there against the Cree Brothers, who are like the bruisers of all bruisers, the Grizzled Young Vets kind of had to be the high flyers. And this is the best I've ever seen them look. I thought they were very entertaining in this match. And I really did like this opener, Issa. Uh, same. Shout out to NXT 2.0. Two weeks in a row giving us a hell of an opening match to just like light the show on fire. And it didn't. And it didn't slow down. Last week I felt like it kind of like went downhill, but I didn't feel like tonight it slowed down. So good for them for pacing it better. This was a lot of fun. Most invested I've been into Grizzly Young Veterans. I'm with you on that. I never really been into them. I even think the name is confusing. How are you a young and veteran? Like, I don't know. The whole thing just throws me off. Great Brothers, I think you and I have been pretty high on them since we saw them debut. They were extremely, they, they just look so legit tonight. And as I'm scrolling through Twitter in my timeline, I am seeing a lot of people really, really giving them compliments and really starting to notice them. So I think that Diamond Mine is really starting to do a great job at getting this faction over. Yeah, I was one of the first people, if not the first, on the Creed Brothers bandwagon. It was like love at first sight the second I saw them. And a lot of that is because of kind of how green they are. It looks a little real, but you can tell they're phenomenal athletes, and I think there's a lot of promise right. as a tag team. There's somebody in our chat named, named Glenn Rubenstein who says, less Gris, Gris Young veterans, more Tony D'Angelo. We might want to ban that person from the show. <laughs> wow, yeah, seriously, Glenn Rubenstein. <laughs> Nice. If that's even your name. Seriously, we're going to have to investigate that guy, chat. Uh, I need you guys to keep an eye on that individual. Uh, but Creed Brothers are victorious. They are going to the finals of the Dusty Classic. We go backstage. It's Raquel. Oh, maybe you can help us with this, Issa. Raquel and Cora Jade. It turns into a shouting match between Raquel Gonzalez, Valentina Faraz, and Ulisa Leon. They argue in Spanish. Here are the words I picked up. Mi amor, that's my love. Tag team, tag team. And Chingon, which um, one of the women called Cora Jade. And what, Chingona. Uh, Chingona. Raquel Gonzalez said, only I can call you that. What is a Chingona, Isa? I, I don't know what it means in Mexican terms because we speak very different languages. But I will assume that that's like somebody that you don't want to mess with, right? I think that is the, the context in which it was spoken to here. For us here in Puerto Rico, that's a whole different term that we are, it's not late enough for us to get into that discussion. Um, hey. I had no idea who these two Spanish women were, but I was here for all the Spanish representation on the show today. We saw more of that later on from Santos Escobar. I thought, I thought that was a great way to make a first impression. Like, if you're going to be there, I don't think we've seen them before correct me if I'm wrong, but we do this every Tuesday and I don't think we've seen them before. But I think stepping up to freaking Raquel Gonzalez is awesome. And seeing Raquel Gonzalez have Cora Jade's back, you know, f finally paying off that storyline of Cora Jade really wanting to earn her respect and, and get her as a partner. I, I thought this was a fun backstage segment. Yeah, yeah, they did do a brief vignette with them a few weeks ago, but then even when they showed up, I had to wait for their names to come on the screen to know if they were. Um, right. But yeah, they're really building up the Dusty Women's Classic, uh, which I believe starts uh, the next week or the week after next. 
Right. Yeah, so I think it's a week after next because we have uh, Vengeance Day next Vengeance week. Day. However, especially, I mean, these two are legit tag team, and there's a couple of them that we have seen tag together for a while, but there's a couple of teams that are thrown together, don't feel thrown together anymore. They have put a storyline behind these women who are going to be tagging together, and I, and I appreciate that. Yes, they did that with the men, too. Some of them, and we'll get yeah. into that in terms of a disappointment I had. But uh, before we get there, speaking of disappointments, so we get Wendy Chu versus Tiffany Stratton, okay? So <laughs> they're starting to tell this story between these two women, which I, I, I think is good. It's good, clean fun. She steals a credit card. But they're having the match one week later, okay? Right. Wendy Chu is the babyface who steals from the heel. Right. To get heat on the heel... She spends all of her money, maxes out her card. So apparently that that is her real money to a degree. That it's still in the case. You know, who knows where they went, but they maxed out her credit cards. And one week later, the baby face loses to the heel clean. So the heel got her comeuppance. I was flabbergasted by how they told this story and how they just kind of blew it two weeks. They didn't even wait until Vengeance Day, which is next week. I mean, yes, but what makes you think that Wendy Chu is the baby face here? She's always sleeping, sneaking around, listening to other people's conversation. You know, Tiffany's just out here trying to make her daddy proud while this woman is spending her credit card. I don't know. If you ask me, the sleepy one is the heel. <laughs> I personally wanted to. Oh, my God. I'm getting the shot. I'm sorry. I personally <laughs> wanted to see Tiffany win here because I feel like both of these Gimmicks are a little over the top, but I still think that I can take Tiffany Stratton a little bit more seriously than Wendy Chu. So I wanted to see Tiffany Stratton get the win. Um, I thought that I thought they had a fun match, short, you know. Yeah. Um, and and Tiffany got her daddy's credit card back. Yes, my problem was not with this match, which I did think was very good, uh, yeah. especially for what it was, very short match. But I thought they worked very hard, and I think Tiffany Stratton they've got something. Like I know people are kind of disillusioned with the blonde prototype. In WWE, like, forget all that. Just simply from an athletic standpoint, for the few matches she's had, not only athletically, but in terms of being like a star, I think they've got something in Tiffany Stratton. And I liked what I saw from them physically. I just thought this was going to be a longer storyline. Uh, and Wendy Chu is hugely over and lost. And I felt like that was a kind of deflating loss for this crowd. Now, we're not going to advance this until I hear you do your Tiffany voice, Issa, because the chat is calling for it. The chat wants to hear Issa do her Tiffany voice. Let's get it. My daddy told me that I needed to beat Wendy Shoe tonight and get the credit card back. <laughs> You're in the upward inflection. That's great. I love it. <laughs> my entire stream today turning to me in person. I don't even know how it happened, but that was my entire stream today in case you guys missed it. It was just me doing my stream in that voice. Now, now, now I'm upset I gave that away for free. We're never doing that for free again, Issa. We can make money doing that. No, super chats, super chats, you guys, super chats. <laughs> that was awesome. My so daddy is very proud of me. <laughs> He's very, he sh as he should be, as he should be, Tiffany. <laughs> uh, Pete Dunn versus Draco Anthony. So the backstage and the kind of mutual respect storyline. Uh, it's not much to write home about. It, Pete Dunn took most of the match. The GOAT Tony D comes in with a crowbar trying to attack Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne, ever the smart baby face, outsmarts him. He runs off Tony D. He's got a bunch of weapons. Of course, he beats Draco Anthony before any of this goes down. Then he gets a bunch of weapons, and he chases him off of the paddle, and Pete Dunne challenges the GOAT, Tony D'Angelo, to a weaponized steel cage match. Are you here for it, Issa? Uh, yes, of course I'm here for it. Because, like, we know that Tony D'Angelo is related to the mafia. So if you're going to involve weapons there, this could get ugly. Like, things things are going to go down. Also, did you catch backstage before the match, Pete, Pete Dunn made a joke where he said that Tony D couldn't tweet because he, like, broke his fingers. And I'm like, when, yeah. when, did, when did Pete Dunn start making jokes? Like, that's not his character. I didn't appreciate that. Um, thought the match was a lot of fun. But honestly, I was waiting for that Tony D'Angelo. Um, you know, like, I was waiting for him to come out and attack Pete Dunn to set up the match that we all really, really want to see. Now, with it being a weaponized steel cage, I would assume that we Tony D will get the win here, but I'm 1,000% I'm here for the stipulation. I want to see what the hell they're going to do. 
Yes, yes. Tony D better get the win here. This is Tony D's feud to win. Pete Dunne does not need this win. Let me say this. I've seen weaponized steel cages in TNA. I saw him in the dying days of WCW. We saw him in WWE with Chris Jericho and Ambrose. It's one of those ideas that always sounds better Ambrose than it ever asylum. is. Asylum. It was an Ambrose, Ambrose asylum. asylum. Yes, yes. Get it right, Alfred. Weapons on the cage. I'm saying I've seen all these weapons on the cage matches. Right. They always sound exciting. They never really end up delivering but I do have faith. If anybody can make this the greatest weaponized steel cage match of all time, it's the GOAT. And I think Tony D is going to come through. Yeah, this. Tony D is going to bring the crowbar. He's going to win the – he's going to bring the, the, the waste management truck. He's going to win – he's going to bring probably <laughs> real weapons. Like, this is going to be – he's going to bring his entire family. Like, this is going to be great. Like, what weapons? What, what is a weapon? Can it be another human? You never know. Oh my God, it should be. It should be like one of those frozen bodies that they just swings and throws it at Pete Dunn, just freaks him out. The producer, the producer from the last show is going to show up and he's going to use him as a weapon. (laughs) Mark is going to be the new weapon. Yo, yo, you know it. (laughs) It's Z for $5. The forbidden door Tony's talking about is a door that leads to the basement where Shane is there waiting to debut AEW Underground. Can't wait. AEW Underground. Are you here for that, Issa? Uh, no, but I am here for AW Under Siege. Oh, the, the, the other under. Let me tell you, Underground could work because you've got Dan Lambert. They've got this connection to UFC. They can use these UFC fighters that we always see as essentially extras and have, you know, like an underground type uh, MMA event. Just wouldn't work for wrestling. As long as if there's going to be dancing girls, I plan on applying for the job. <laughs> I try I try to apply for Raw Underground, but they got rid of the dancing girls like the next week, oh, which was nice. unfair. You should have still applied and just told them that you're enough. Just you dancing and taking the camera for yourself. I would have taken like the bets, you know what I mean? Kept track of the numbers. It would have been a lot of fun. Would have turned into Molly's game. It would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a fan. We get LA Knight. One-on-one with Braun Strowman, ladies and gentlemen. He's back in NXT where he started. Now, this is Senga. There was a comment uh, earlier, and they were absolutely right. He's This is a monster. He's dressed exactly like Braun Strowman. He's got the black tank top, got the cargo uh, pants with the camouflage and the boots. Just exactly, and every bit as green as Braun Strowman was at first as well. So he wrestles like a young Braun Strowman, and he dresses like a young Braun Strowman, and had this... If you want to call it a match with L.A. Knight, it was fine. L.A. Knight did what he could. The story of this match was that a turnbuckle came off, and uh, Grayson Waller tried to distract. It backfired. The monster singer gets headfirst into the turnbuckle, and L.A. Knight wins this finisher. What did you think about L.A. Knight versus Senga? Senga. <laughs> what a name. Um, yeah, I mean, we. I, I feel like this was a little bit predictable because the story here is LA Knight and Grayson Waller, and you know that LA Knight is going to get to Grayson Waller eventually. So I did feel going into this that almost almost like the match before where you're just waiting for Tony D to come out. Here I'm like, okay, he's going to beat this guy. Now the resemblance to Braun Strowman was just so noticeable, right? Like, mm-hmm. the way that they're building this character just looks like it made me wonder if that's who's knocking on this door tomorrow. Maybe they got the scoop, and that's why they bring this guy, you know? <laughs> ah, I get people talking about it. Imagine if they found out that Braun Strowman is debuting tomorrow at Dynamite, so they're like, oh, yeah, well, we'll give him a different Braun Strowman. <laughs> just like they did with Razor and Diesel. Yes, right? Razor and Diesel yes. They're like, it's okay, we got the IP, we'll make a new Razor and Diesel. We got the Wish.com version of Braun Strowman right here on NXT 2.0. How long until he goes into the vaunted NXT parking lot and tips over a car? I I mean, it's going to be like a Mini Cooper or like one of those smart cars. I don't see him being able to pick up like an ambulance like Braun Strowman (laughs) did, right? Because remember, this is a Wish.com version, so we have to like kind of like take it down a notch. Maybe one of those electric scooters, you know, but he'll pick something up. I love that gimmick, is that he turns over very small cars, very small items, uh, but he still turns them over. It's still impressive, just not as impressive. <laughs> That's great. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I, I think Grayson Waller. I don't know, it feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, let me know if you feel the same way, but after he's mm-hmm. lost to AJ Styles, he lost a lot of momentum. 
I think he did too. I think that's unfortunate. Yeah. I think it was counterintuitive. You would figure that he'd get the rub. He still seems like he's being pushed to a degree. It's yeah. just that around that time with AJ Styles, he was on Raw. He was cutting promos left and right. He had a little steam behind him. And then, yeah, he does just seem like another guy now. Yeah, and we did find out this week on one of AJ Styles' many interviews that he did that it was his idea to come down there and 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 do this for NXT and help put this guy over, which is awesome. I think, I think going toe to toe with AJ Styles, even if you lose, is is nothing to be like not proud of. But I do think that his momentum has really just slowed down, and I'm hoping that this feud with LA Knight helps helps him regain some momentum. I'm not team Grayson Waller, but I feel like if this is a person that's going to take out Johnny Gargano, one of the biggest things that we know in NXT, let's do something with him. That's who we're going to put, you know, we're going to give that rub to, as you say, he got the AJ Styles rub. I want to see him do more. Yeah. No, it's a very fair point. Uh, And what we're doing with this storyline, so LA Knight, of course, got hit with a restraining order. He attacked (laughs) Grayson Waller after. And so now, next week, as part of NXT Vengeance Day, Grayson Waller has vowed to have L.A. Knight publicly arrested. What? <laughs> A public okay. arrest, ladies and gentlemen. Amazing. Amazing, I, I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I should have filed the restraining order to begin with. I think that's soft. I think he should have just faced him like a man and fought him. Yeah. And, and, you know, NXT has been doing a good job with legends from the past in terms of bringing them. We saw with Ted DiBiase and RIP Ray Trailer, who was a big boss man. Had he been alive, I think this would have been a perfect time to bring him in there for hard justice, you know, as the shield big boss man, as like the real heel big boss man of the Attitude Era. I thought that was a great character. Public arrest. Public arrest. Knife stick and everything. Been there. It's, it's, a, it's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been there as well when I was 18. <laughs> Not a lot of I started a fight. I start, I made two girls fight at a bar because I was bored. So I instigated the fight and I get arrested for it. They're the ones fighting. I just kind of like, you know, instigated the fight. I wouldn't talk crap to one and say, hey, this girl said this about you. And then I went over there. Then I started taking bets. That's what I'm telling you. I would be the perfect person for Raw Underground. Then I started taking bets. Cops end up getting called because of the fight got out of control at the bar. I thought everybody was quite entertained. But then they figure out that I started everything. Did they take your betting money? Did they take your winnings? Yes. Oh, that is unfortunate. Jesus Lord. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry I got arrested. I really am. That's too it was funny. it was just a night. It was just a night at the drunk thing. The cops actually thought it was hilarious. So I ended up getting uh, a night at the drunk thing. The one thing that I will never forget about this is that I had just gotten my industrial piercing done, like the day off. And you know how you have to take off all your piercings when you get arrested? Fun fact for the chat, we're educating you on public arrest. (laughs) So I had to go and get it done on the other ear because I couldn't get it back in because it was was brand new. So yeah, yeah. And industrial piercing hurts a lot. So they owe me that. They owe me that. I can guarantee you next week's public arrest is not going to be half as entertaining as that story. Guarantee you that as well, but I hope somebody has to take off their brand new piercing. <laughs> yeah, seriously, they need to really be studying this podcast. If you want to do a realistic public arrest, <laughs> remove that jewelry. You gotta take off that industrial piercing, and they're like, "No, I just got it done." <laughs> <laughs> so we go backstage. Okay, so this is a storyline that they're doing now. Uh, Duke Hudson is cutting a promo on God knows what. God bless Duke Hudson. Maybe you can feel me. I forgot what he was talking about. But what's interesting about this is at the end of this promo, Duke Hudson shoots his shot with India Hartwell. He wishes her good luck on her match in uh, the Dusty Classic. Later on that night, India and Persia get into a brawl with Toxic Attraction. And as they're brawling in the locker room, the camera zoom in on a photo that had fallen on the floor of India Hartwell and Duke Hudson at a sporting event or a concert, public event. Now, Issa, is Duke Hudson going to steal Indy Hartwell from the arms of Dexter Loomis? He's going to die trying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that this is a good idea for Duke Hudson. I am extremely disappointed in Indy Hartwell. I feel like we need to get Beth Phoenix in here for a quick intervention or like some kind of marriage therapy, and then she can be the one that does, you know, like that that plays the, the therapist because I I I I was actually I was actually a little hurt, such a little hurt. I expected more yeah. from her. 
But you know what? She did say last week that she loves a man that doesn't speak. So maybe that's why, because he's not going to call her out on her BS. But really, Duke Hudson, wouldn't you rather have Dexter? So do you think the storyline is going to be that she's cheating on Dexter with Duke? Yes. Wow. I know. I know. That beautiful wedding segment. Probably the last good thing that we have had. And they're going to just completely crap all over that. Yeah. And, you know, they haven't really been doing as much with Indy and Dexter. I know they're fun when they do do stuff with them. So I guess if they don't have anything else and they are going to break up, at least they're doing it around a storyline rather than just, you know, retconning the whole angle. But yeah, and Dex is you fun. Who, I think they can still do stuff. Yeah. You know who we need to blame for this? Johnny Gargano. The parental figure is gone. The marriage is falling apart. Yeah. The kids are going their separate ways. Austin Theory is out <laughs> trying to find a new daddy and Vince. Identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of daddy issues in this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of daddy issues, well, not necessarily maybe a son issue, but Braun Breaker is in our next segment uh, with alongside Santos Escobar. They're going to do a contract signing, we're told, one on one contract signing. But then Dolph Ziggler enters the NXT arena, probably the biggest pop I've heard for Dolph Ziggler in years. Uh, yeah. And then uh, he's kind of talking down to the NXT talent. Here comes Tommaso Ciampa calling Ziggler kid. It was kind of funny because when Ziggler walked into the segment, the crowd completely turned on the NXT guys and they were with Dolph. Right. Then Ciampa came in and when Ciampa started to cut from on Dolph, then they reminded themselves, oh, that's right, we like NXT. And they went with Ciampa. And then Dolph kind of healed on the crowd, calling him Florida Seals. Uh, right. I thought this was fun when they were doing the talking portion. Then the brawl broke out. It was what it was. Braun Breaker got put through a table by Legato Del Fantasma. What did you think about this segment, Issa? Uh, this segment was a lot of fun. Before I break it down, I just want to say the crowd tonight was hot. They had yes. a really good crowd tonight. Throughout the entire show, the crowd was just mad hyped. I appreciated that because it seems there was a couple of episodes there where they were just dead. Um, okay, so yes, I hate when Brum Breaker speaks. I don't know what it is. Every time he opens his mouth, and, and he, he looks the part, right? And he, we know he's a Steiner. Like, like, this dude got it. I just, every time he speaks, I'm like, please don't, don't. Um, Santos Escobar, bless his heart, man, because he was sitting there looking like a star, but every time I try to get invested, I remember all of the matches that he has lost recently, and I just completely lose all interest, which is why probably when Dolph Ziggler came out, we heard the pop. This was announced. Braun Breaker was calling him out on Twitter. If you don't know the team, you should go check him out because Braun Breaker did call Dolph Ziggler out, and Dolph Ziggler did say he might take a trip down to NXT. So... You know, it was a surprise, but it was kind of like pre-announced on social media if you're following up with the tea that has been spilled. Um, I thought this made Dolph Ziggler look great, but at, at the same time, I was like, you know, can you just switch places with your tag team partner? Because I would love to see Bobby Roode back in NXT because I missed that version of Bobby Roode. Um, and then when Champa came out, I was like, okay, this match is going to be a lot of fun if it's going to involve all of these guys. I thought it was a lot of fun. I love Santos Escobar saying, what the hell are you guys are saying? I don't even understand yeah. anything that just went on. <laughs> I, I fought for that so hard. I thought this was fun and very well done. And a lot, I know a lot of people are going back and forth about it on social media, but this is the most interesting Ziggler has looked since he was doing that Intercontinental Championship run when he put his career on the line. After that, I haven't seen him do anything so interesting. Even when he was with Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre was the center of attention of that field. Nobody was ever in invested in, in Dolph Ziggler. Then he got squashed by Goldberg. This is the most that I've been invested into anything Dolph Ziggler does. And I was even happy to see him. I actually popped a little bit sitting here watching NXT. Yeah, it felt like a whole different guy just based on the reaction alone in terms of people receiving him like a star, coming off like a star. But I think you raise a very good point, Isa. They might have sent down the wrong guy because as crazy as it sounds, even though Dolph Ziggler got a big pop, Robert Rube, because he was in NXT, because Glorious is like one of the greatest theme songs of all time, everybody remembers, I think he would have gotten a bigger pop than Dolph would have and had been a better piece, like fitting into this storyline. So that's actually a really good point. Uh, and in yeah. addition to that, I felt like this was an entertaining segment, but I feel like this just made you want to see a four-way or maybe even Dolph and Champa. It made you want to see anything but... Santos Escobar versus Braun Breaker. Those were like right. maybe the bottom two of that segment. Like the heat was with Ciampa yes. and Dolph. And you're building Agreed. your world title match for next week's pretty much pay-per-view. It's like a made-for-TV show, uh, but it's a pretty much a pay-per-view. And you're building toward that by showing this four-way or potential 
dream match between Champa and Ziggler that completely, I felt, left Braun Breaker and Santos Escobar on the dust. 1000% agreeing with you because like I said, Braun Breaker was speaking and I'm like, please don't talk. I can't get invested into Santos Escobar because he comes off as a jobber when you look at his stats as of recently. So that's why I said as soon as, as Dolph Ziggler came out, everything picked up and he was throwing, he was speaking some facts and then Trampa comes out and you're just so excited. But you're absolutely right. The last two people that I would like tell you that I was psyched up as part of this segment was, uh, Actually, even I actually even popped for the little line that um, Santos Escobar got in there over Braun Breaker, who is your NXT champion and should have probably been the person that looked the strongest in this segment. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching. It's like, wow, Champion Ziggler would be dope. And then it's like, no, a four-way between these guys would be dope. And then they're like, next week, it's going to be Braun Breaker versus Santos Escobar. And it's like, well, that's not what I asked for. That's not what you're promising here. Lame, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Meow post for $2.99. Braun tries to talk like Goldberg. I can totally see it. I can totally see it. Yes. I will maintain he sounds exactly like his Uncle Scotty. I think they should just make him into Scott Steiner. I think he'd do a great job. <laughs> yeah. He does sound like it. We go to the barbershop with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Okay. So they nailed the vibe of this segment. It's brothers hanging out in the barbershop. Great vibe. Great aesthetic. Okay. The dialogue is god-awful because for whatever reason, WWE books these guys like they're coming-of-age talent. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes brags about having a third date with Ollie J. Let me tell you something. I go to the barbershop at Inglewood. If I go into the Inglewood barbershop bragging about me getting a third date with somebody, I, they'd still be roasting me. Okay, but these guys are just so impressed. Oh, really? Wow, a third date? Uh, they run down his accolades. They talk about how Kramer Grimes hasn't done anything. Uh, it's a really good, again, I like the aesthetic. I like the, I like everything except the dialogue in the segment. But what did you think about yeah. that? Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams together at the barbershop. I'm with you. I, as soon as the segment started and I saw the vibe and the atmosphere of it, I was here for it. I was like, okay, I love this. They do a lot of this vignettes lately on NXT and a lot of them they just get them so wrong I thought this one was gonna go perfect until the dialogue started no I'm a girl you know so maybe in it's February maybe because it's Valentine's Day the, the guys were just more likely to you know like <laughs> to be more pro Carmelo Hayes getting sure. this third date uh yeah I wasn't a fan of the dialogue but I didn't mind it as much but maybe it wasn't target maybe they were going for the wrong target here because I was like oh he's getting a date and now we know why she had that awful sing singing segment <laughs> on NXT <laughs> but good for Carmelo Hayes man I love Carmelo Hayes and Trek Williams I think if that ever comes down to a breakup, I would actually be legitimately hurt because I really, really like them together. Yeah, they're great together. I think they're great acts. Yeah. They both need each other, and I feel like they both together make each other better. They're like puzzle pieces. And they have that it factor. It doesn't matter what segment they're in. As soon as they walk in, whether they're in the ring cutting a promo or doing something like this, you just have to stop and see what it is that they're going to say and they're going to do. Um, going back to our previous segment, I just want to say that we – like a lot of people don't get WWE credit, but we have had now Dolph Ziggler, AJ Styles, and Matt Riddle come back mm -hmm. down to NXT to try to help this 2.0 brand kind of like get over. And and I just I admire that. You know, I think I think that's awesome. I, I remember we begged for this back when the black and gold brand was going on. We wanted to see those guys interact from people with people from the main roster, but I personally think black and gold didn't need it. You had enough stars there where you didn't need the stars coming down to try to help you out. Where here, I do think NXT 2.0 does need this rub a little bit more than, than the old NXT did. So I just want to give props to all these guys for just taking the time to come out there and try to help this product. Yeah, and this is long overdue because had they done that with the black and gold NXT, I think there would have been more weeks where they would have beaten AEW, but WWE was too proud to make it a real war by sending their main roster guys over there, and I think that's part of what really hurt NXT in terms of the war. Don't you remember one of the weeks that NXT beat AEW was the one week where Sasha and Bailey came down to defend yeah. the acting titles, or we had that Sasha and Ishirai match, like like when they were doing it with the women because of the tag titles, which was still a mistake in my eyes, giving NXT their own tag titles. I love those tag titles going around, you know, all the brands. But I do remember when Sasha and Bailey will go will come down there, the, the ratings tend to pick up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and they it, they picked up when AJ Styles and the club, the OC, came down to NXT yeah. and they beat AEW that week. So 
you know, maybe yeah. they would have done that more. But we talked about this third date. This is why it sticks out so much. Because between this, last night on Raw, we had the segment with Reggie and Dana Brooke where he's acting like he's not to talk to a girl. He's like, well, if we're not, if you kiss me, what does that mean? Like, this is a grown man talking like this. Then we get two more grown men, Brooks and Jensen, who are trying to muster up the courage to ask That Kate was so and dumb. That so, was so dumb. Yeah, Brooks is so nervous. He, he doesn't know what to say. Jensen eggs him on to go ask Kate and Carter on a date. And she says, okay, it's a double date which is not what he meant, but now we're going to get these wacky segments next week where they're on a double date for Valentine's Day. Yeah, uh, nobody, but our dude Reggie got friendzone on TV. I don't care what anybody want to say. He got friendzone. Uh, nobody talks that way. Nobody. Not even in high school. I don't even think when a boy was asking me to go out in high school, it was as awkward as this came out. And also, the last time I remember saying, oh, I'm going to take my best friend with me, was when I was in high school. These are grown people. We don't need to be doing the high school thing. Okay, so let's just like, if you want to, uh, I get that they're going for a younger audience, but you can work on the dialogue. You're, you're putting together some cool storylines. We just talked about it in the barbershop, but the dialogue was off. Then you need to find the vibe that goes with the story that you're trying to tell. Hopefully, they, they turn it around next week and the double dates is not as lame as this came off because they, they just look so dumb. It was cute, Everybody. but it felt very high school high schoolish. Yeah, that's how a lot of these storylines feel. That's how they're being booked, mm -hmm. like they're children instead of grown adults. Look, if you want to appeal to a younger crowd, it's not being innocent and high schoolish. You portray them as pretty much as they would be if the cameras weren't around, which is just a bunch of good looking people with nice bodies hooking up randomly. Okay, if that's what the route you want to go, you make this in a real world. On real world, they're not like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can talk to this girl. No, they're, they're, they're getting down to business. Yeah, they, they treated Indy and Dexter and their honeymoon very grown up. They even showed us their protection they were using. So why not do it with everybody else? Because they yeah. got married. I guess you got to marry them first. Yeah, exactly. You got to be pure. <laughs> I'm here for sexy NXT, by the way. Let's, uh, let's get to NXT. my entertainment on Tuesday nights. <laughs> NXT After Dark. No. <laughs> 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 oh my god not with this dialogue they gotta get better they gotta get yeah they gotta get, they gotta get better. way better uh, they gotta overhaul <laughs> that really it's really killing some of these characters and storylines do you think but, we're um, gonna see a freaking beat between carmelo and the, the girl on it whatever her name is uh like a beef you said like a date do you think we're gonna see oh, a date between the two of them i don't want to see it yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to see it written by WWE. I think it would be one of those weird things where they'd have Trick Williams in the bathroom giving him notes as to what to say, and then he'll get in a fight with the Mater D, and then he'll repeat. You know, I don't. Want I to might actually, I might actually be here for that, Alfred. Not gonna okay, lie. Well, it's a sitcom show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know if they can do better. So Nikita Lyons, our friend Nikita Lyons, is back. Okay, so she's completely dropped the rapping. Of course, uh, we were very critical of her rapping from last week. Uh, Glenn is a fan and says that she's got other tracks that are good. I actually went and checked them out. She does have some other dope tracks. Uh, but uh, Faithy J, I believe, is her real name uh, or her rapper name. And she's not doing any rapping this week. She rapped last week, talked about her mom was a groupie and her dad is a rock star. But this week she talks about growing up in a band, getting into fights, and she's doing MMA. And she's doing strikes and shadow boxing. And I will say, I thought her MMA was more entertaining than her bars last week, Isa. Yeah, I mean, I feel like she stopped rapping because of Glenn. And I and I hope <laughs> Glenn apologizes to her. It wasn't even Glenn. It was the way that they produced the segment. I agree with Glenn. Um, I'm still not invested. I, these vignettes are not doing anything for me when it comes to her character quite yet. I I. I couldn't tell you anything about this vignette and i really did watch the show <laughs> yeah yeah she was just um okay the only thing i can tell you is that she got to curse she said something about weak ass shit she said come out <gasps> with that weak ass shit you'll hear me roar so not in nxt 2.0 around high schoolers bad nikita yes. bad seriously these are children watching nikita <laughs> If they start cursing next week, and we don't even have Samoa Joe or, or William Regal to keep like things under control backstage, yeah, it could be. Now they're gonna stop cursing. This is this is going downhill fast. Anarchy. <laughs> we get Anofe and Blade versus MSK. Okay, so I love this match, and I'll tell you why. Yes. Nine times out of ten, you Anofe Blade versus MSK. It's like MSK is winning. Whatever. Like. 
and you know, I would have zoned out, you know, well, maybe they'll have a good match. Who cares? But they have done such a good job building Anofe and Blade up as these underdogs who keep springing upsets. And what I liked is that Wade Barrett, you can always kind of tell when they're going to go over because he calls a match a certain way. And at the beginning, he'll say, yeah. there's no way they're going to do And he stuck with that. He didn't like turn course. He said, there's no way they're beating MSK. So then my wheels started turning like, oh, my God, yeah. they might put them over. They might ride this underdog thing to the finals, you know, maybe lose to the Creed Brothers. So I didn't know who's going to win it. So already it was going to be an athletically pleasing match. But in addition to that, the uncertainty of who's going to win it, I thought, made this even better. Uh, MSK, of course, was fantastic. Uh, and uh, they ended up winning clean with their double-team maneuver. I think it was a mistake. I think Anofe and Blade should have won. At one point, Anofe hit a frog splash that was a thing of beauty. They slowed it down, and it looked like a swan flying through air. Yeah, like, This is baby Kofi. This guy's going to – I want to see him and Kofi as, as a tag team at the very least. But uh, MSK beats Anofe and Blade, and they're headed on to the finals. What do you think, Lisa? I love this match. Both of these tag team matches tonight delivered. And I love that you brought up that it felt very uncertain. I'm sitting here watching the match, trying to keep track of the action because it was very athletic, fast-paced, nonstop. But at the same time, I'm trying to figure out who do I want to see the brothers' face because both of these things were shining to the point that I wanted both of them to win. I want to see them both face the Creed Brothers at the end. I went in rooting for MSK, and halfway through, I was like, maybe I don't want MSK to win, but I wasn't angry at the result. I really, really thought that everybody chimed. Like, if you go back and watch the last few weeks of NXT, the tag matches were incredible, and I'm glad that they're keeping, you know, the spirit of the Dust Cup alive because I, I was critical of the tag team division probably a month or two ago. I'm not that critical anymore. I think NXT has a very strong tact in division. I keep on forgetting who the champions are, but that's, you know, that's, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're building. They've really quietly built a good men's tag team division, and a yeah. lot of this tournament helped. And I think even going into the tournament, both tag team divisions, like, you know, maybe not so much the, the women, but the women's division has been really good, but the tag team division for the men has been good. And I think uh, by telling these stories more and more, having these side stories, which we saw another one after this match between Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai, they had kind of a side thing um, where – you know, she's got all these bags and they both lost. So maybe they're going to be a team. Uh, just right. Also, I, I skipped over the Sarai defeated Raquel. I mean, not Raquel, but she defeated Dakota Kai. Uh, they had a very short oh. match and it went through a commercial break yeah. and Sarai defeated Dakota. Yeah, I figure Sarai will win just because she's new, you know, her new character. She probably needed that win, but that, Dakota Kai doesn't put on a bad match. I, I love watching her wrestle. I think it doesn't matter who she's wrestling it ends up being such a, a, an enjoyable match. I wish they did a little bit more with her ever since her loss to Raquel and she came back a little bit crazy. I guess that's her gimmick. I, I just haven't been really enjoying her the way that I used to and I just want I want more from her. If she's not going to go to the main roster then let's, let's push her differently maybe bring back her old character. Yeah, it is like she's playing too much of a character, whereas I felt like when yeah. she was with Raquel Gonzalez, she was being more of herself, which she's got a right. great magnetic personality, and she's very good at cutting promos and doing that, and it's less of a character, but now she has to play this enraged person, which kind of takes you out of it after you've seen what she's really like. Right, and the thing of it is, is a lot of times I always feel like people should be more character strong. If maybe they don't have that in-ring capabilities or skills, then you want to push more the character. But Dakota Kai can go in the ring, so we don't need to go so hard, you know, with the character when we know she's an awesome wrestler. I just, I hope that she eventually. If we're, if we're not gonna bring up Raquel, because I thought Raquel would be in the main roster by now, hopefully at some point they reunite. Yeah, might be the direction they head. We go to the main event. Mandy Rose versus Kaylee Ray. So Toxic Attraction, of course, they were brawling with Indian Persia before this. How did they escape? We never yeah. saw them escape from getting kidnapped. What, where no. did they go and how did they escape? They didn't tell us. It's a magic. Magic kidnapping just happened. And uh, well, yeah, we didn't get any follow up on that. So <laughs> No, they just showed up and I'm like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> It's like the opposite of being kidnapped. Usually you're looking for the person, but we're looking for the reason. It's like, it's like, great, they found you, but what happened? Like, I want to find what happened to you guys. I tweeted in all caps, how did they escape? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think we would see them. Like, you know, maybe Kylie Ray doesn't have the skills when it comes to kidnapping. Maybe she should talk to Tony D'Angelo. I'm sure they would have shown up if Tony D would have taken care of this. 
we shouldn't let them get away with this. This needs to be a movement of how they escaped. We need an explanation. Right. All caps. I'm going to retweet that. Justin Smith, 199. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. We just we just did a segment where like Mandy Rose finds them right and she like lets them out and they're like, why do you smell like spaghetti? And Mandy Rose is like, just shut up, let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy Rose, so she defends her title against Kaylee Ray. Uh, Toxic Attraction was escorted from the building, as was Indian Persia for brawling before this match. That's what we were told. Right. But Kaylee Ray and Mandy Rose are having this match, and toward the end, guess who shows up? Toxic Attraction returns to the building. Kaylee Ray gets yeeted from the top rope by Gigi Dolan. Mandy Rose hits her finisher and wins. Uh, they're beating up Kaylee Ray. They're about to hit her with the baseball bat, or at least they're teasing it. And then out comes Io Shirai, who had teased earlier on in the night that she was going to find a third partner for her and Zoe. That Stark. was as crazy as she is. Right. Yes. And she comes I, in. I thought she was going to find Dakota Kai. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I kind of thought. I was thinking, you know, the yeah. way they're telling that story. But uh, I got, I like got it. Her. Like once, once EO came out to make the save, I'm like, okay, this also makes sense. Cause Kyle Ray being walking around with a baseball bat, not caring. So I get it. But I really thought she was going to go find Dakota Kai. <laughs> <laughs> that would have, that would have made more sense, especially if she's yeah. saying that she's going to be this unhinged. But hey, Kylie Ray was, uh, wielding a baseball bat by the end of this episode. So maybe she does fit this description. Right, right. Um, I like this match. I think that Mandy Rose has come such a long way when it comes to her in-ring skills. Um, it's not being talked about enough. Uh, they are protecting her. If you look at the matches, they're a little bit shorter, especially when they're one-on-ones. I feel like when they're like triple threat match went on a little bit longer, but you're able to kind of like play off each other. I this match went a lot better than what I anticipated it to go. And I don't know what Kylie Ray is supposed to be here. We were just talking about the confusion with, with Wendy Shu and Tiffany Stratton. I felt the same way here because it's like, yeah, she had it coming. She messed up Mandy Rose all episode last week. She kidnapped her, her crew. So in a way, I feel like she got her come up kids but I'm, I'm the kind of person that roots for the villains in movies so maybe i'm just all wrong but in a way it made sense for toxic attraction to show up and kind of like mess her up she made their lives a living hell last week yeah she bullied mandy rose into that title shot poured food on her and now she did get the comeuppance although she did, did get chased off in terms of mandy rose but yeah i thought this match actually could have been better i thought they did a good job but i felt like they a couple of times they were kind of off especially when it came to pinning Felt like the referee yeah. and them weren't communicating correctly because they had a couple right. of snafus there. And uh, but listen, I had no problem with this match. I thought it was solid, but um, very weird storytelling in terms of making Kaylee Ray into the sympathetic baby face. And I didn't like this feud much at all. No, I didn't like the feud, but if it's something to just get um, Mandy Rose a couple of more wins and make her title reign more credible, um, I'm here for it. And she just beat somebody that's, you know, a, a former champion, longest reigning champion. So that's that's good for Mandy, for Mandy Rose's resume. Yeah, absolutely is. She's got this long title reign. They're building this show around her. And next week, we are going to get NXT Vengeance Day. Before we go off the air, Issa, I want some predictions. I'm going to read you some matches for... NXT Vengeance Day, and let's get some predictions, starting with Carmelo Hayes defending the NXT North American Championship <sighs> against Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes has such a sympathetic video package tonight, uh, um, and, and it was great to see, but I'm like, he's losing. He's not winning. I, I just think Carmelo Hayes is so hot right now. Everything that he does, they command room, they command attention, and his matches have been so enjoyable. I do not want to see his ring end. So I'm going to go with Carmelo Hayes. Carmella Hayes, I'm going to go with Carmella Hayes as well. Toxic Attraction versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Toxic Attraction, of course, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. And I just remembered they're the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. I completely forgot that. But who's going over in that match? I'm going to say Toxic Attraction just because they let Mandy retain. I think they're going to continue this whole Toxic Attraction host all the gold just for a little bit longer. Yes, I can see Toxic Attraction winning. Maybe Duke Hudson has something to do with them. Uh, losing. Maybe he distracts Indy Hartwell. Something happens. Dexter Loomis gets mad. Who knows? Who knows? We get a weaponized steel cage match. Pete Dunne versus the GOAT. You say you know who to pick. Come on. Tony D's winning this. Tony D all the way. Tony D with all of the weapons. I've got Tony D in a squash. 
Yeah, I said it. I cannot wait for the for the dump truck to just enter the <laughs> arena. Like it's gonna be epic. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ron Breaker versus Santos Escobar for the NXT championship. Come on, Alfred. It's gonna be Braun Breaker. Yeah, this whole card seems very predictable. And then we get okay, this is the one match I think can go either way. Creed Brothers versus MSK. I don't know. I I Oh my god, I love both of these things. You're right. You're right. You you saved the best one for last. I am going to say Creed Brothers. I think Brothers need to win a little bit more. MSK already had a title reign. They got to get a lot of really impressive wins in NXT where the Creed Brothers are brand new, and I think that will benefit a little bit more. So I'm going to say Creed Brothers. Absolutely. MSK is already a top tag team. They really don't need anything. They could get a tag team title shot whenever they want. And this would be they get to hang out with freaking Matt Riddle. Like, yeah, yeah, they've got the Creed Brothers have something here. I agree. Let the Creed Brothers cook in this one. I want the Creed Brothers to win this tournament. I think that'd be huge for them. And they're getting better. Every week they're getting better. I really like these Creed Brothers. Me too. Me too. 1,000%. Well, there we have a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. This has been the NXT Podcast. I'll be back tomorrow to cover the huge news. Are you sure you're going to be here, Alfred? I am going to be here. I'm going to be right here in the flesh. And we're going to be talking about uh, the potential debut of Jeff Hardy. Keith Lee? I don't know. Somebody was, asking, somebody was asking on my stream, on my channel, why you weren't here on Wednesday. And I'm like, I don't know. He's probably in the waiting room. I don't know what Alfred uh, yeah. does. <laughs> I could have been in the waiting room, but actually, it actually has to do with uh, wrestling in kind of. In addition to being in the waiting room, which I was a little later on in the night, at the time, I did a show with Brian Wall of Wrestling Inc. He does the daily podcast with Nick Hausman. We had a comedy show together. We met in real life for the first time. So shout out to Brian Wally, super funny guy. I did my thing. We had a very fun time at the Attitude Lounge. It was called the Attitude Lounge, just like the Attitude Era with two wrestling guys doing comedy. How do you like that? That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we had a good time. I bet. I bet. Sounds fun. I'm just glad you're going to be here tomorrow and I don't have to answer for your whereabouts on my own. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you told them entertaining stories. I hope you said I was in parts of known or in the waiting room. That's always really the answer. (laughs) Of course. I'll be your alibi no matter what. You know that. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's NXT. We're going to be back on Friday for SmackDown. Issa, Glenn, and myself. I'm an Alfred Kenoa. Issa, where can the people find you? NYC Demon Diva. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just hit 16,000. Thank you so much. Just hit 16,000. YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits at This Is Nasty. Thank you, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow.